You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, Legal Talk Network listeners. We recently had the opportunity to cover ABA Tech Show in Chicago, Illinois, which featured many wonderful speakers and events. What you're about to hear are interviews covering its mobile track, which is a series of presentations dedicated to helping lawyers run better practices by utilizing their mobile devices. We want to thank Jeff Taylor, Catherine Sanders-Reach, Craig Bear, and of course, John Simic for sharing some of their expertise from their presentations. We hope you find this information helpful in your law practice. We now cut to my interview with Jeff Taylor, Catherine Sanders-Reach, and Craig Bear about their presentations on enhanced productivity with mobile devices. All right, we're going to start with uh, Jeff. Uh, Jeff actually got a blog, but I want, for the benefit of our listeners, tell us uh, where you're from, what you do, and uh, tell us about your blog. Well, I'm from Oklahoma City, okay, and uh, I am a full-time attorney. I'm in-house counsel for a construction company, and I also blog at thedroidlawyer.com. Excellent, excellent. Catherine? I am the Director of Law Practice Management and Technology at the Chicago Bar Association. Uh, This is my fourth year there. I was the Director of Legal Technology Resource Center at the American Bar Association for 11 years before that. And uh, I am in Chicago and happy to be here. And I think you have some involvement with the ABA in addition to? Well, oddly enough, I quit the ABA and then immediately turned around and joined as a member and am now on the ABA Tech Show board uh, this year and for next year. Excellent. Excellent. Craig? I'm from Louisiana, and I'm a legal technology consultant, so I install software for law firms. Now, I know the answer to this question, but Craig, where are you from in Louisiana? Baton Rouge. All right. Slash New Orleans. Slash New Orleans. So I don't know if everybody knows this, but Baton Rouge means red stick. So, it does. In French. So anyway, that little tidbit. <laughs> but anyway, I brought you guys by because I wanted to talk about the mobile track, and each one of you are making a presentation in the mobile track. So I wanted to first get the title of it and then get a kind of a general description, then we'll get some questions in there. So since we started with you, Jeff, I'm going to reverse this. We'll start with Craig. Uh, tell us about your presentation. So what was the title of our presentation? I'm a Mac. I'm a PC. <laughs> I'm an Android. How to keep your devices in sync. Yeah, so it's kind of like a device agnostic presentation. Okay. We don't care what you're using. If you're using a, a Windows computer, if you're using a Mac, if you have a, a Android device, it doesn't matter. We can make it work. So was a discussion about apps that are cross-platform that are useful for law, or how does how did that all work? We kind of approached it with the, the tie that binds. So the cloud was the tie that binds. If you've got the information stored in the cloud being synced down to whatever device you're using, and typically device agnostic, because most of the major applications that are cloud-based have apps for almost everything. Um, and then we also talked about running parallels uh, so that you can switch in your Mac, running Windows on a Mac. We talked about using thin client type of technology, terminal services, thin stuff. And we talked about some security, and we talked about password managers, which was interestingly enough one of the hotter topics uh, because they wanted to know how to generate good passwords for use on all the devices and then have it fill in because that's you know a big thing. So we talked about RoboForm and LastPass and some other um, of those applications. So it was it was a fun session. Yeah, a lot of stuff about Google Apps and Microsoft 365 using an Exchange server but having that hosted in the cloud. Do you guys have a particularly uh, favorite uh, mobile device yourselves? I have an Android phone, I have an iPad, I have a Mac at home, and I have a Windows PC. At work. So you're the reason this title is the way it is? It is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, did any other apps ring out to you as, as good favorites for uh, 
managing your live practice? Well, I'd say one of the things that we talked about is the best browser to be cross-platform, which we decided was Google Chrome. Okay. So works on any device and can be completely synchronized seamlessly. Okay. So web browser. Fantastic. But from a practice management standpoint, looking at the different practice management applications, it doesn't matter if it's an on-premise solution, it doesn't matter if it's a cloud solution, there are ways to get the information onto whatever device you need to have access to. Keeping in mind that your iPad, you're going to have a use case that's slightly different from your phone. And so recognizing that if you say, oh, well, for my Evernote example, I have Penultimate on my iPad, it's not available on the Android, but if I take notes on my iPad and Penultimate, it syncs through Evernote, and I can get those notes on my phone. So kind of looking at those workflows. You know, and uh, we were uh, talking earlier on the paperless track about uh, different uh, different ways to use your paperless. And so one of the questions I wanted to, to talk to you about, there seems to be more emphasis on mobile for practicing law, you know, whether it's a tablet, whether it's your phone. And so I guess like, what are some of the tasks that are very germane to the tablet versus the mobile phone? My feeling is I can look at a document on my phone, but I am not going to be editing it. Uh, whereas I will definitely be, in fact, I have gotten to the point where I only take my iPad with me when I travel. I do have a little Bluetooth keyboard and that makes it easier. But with Office 365 and all the apps for, um, the iPad, I can actually get real work done. Whereas I wouldn't even attempt it on my phone, but lawyers want to be able to keep time, which they can do on their phone now. And because of Exchange Sync or Google Apps for Business, they can get their contacts and calendars, keep, keep all of those in sync. And if it's then connected to their practice management platform, that information is then shared there. So it's all kind of circling around and, and syncing where you need it and you get it whatever way you need. Yeah, that was one of the uh, apps we talked about. It was something called iTimekeep, which works pretty much on any device and allows you to post time to any legal accounting software. So I think that's really popular with attorneys. Uh, on an iPhone, they just want to be able to create a time entry real quick. Like, I just talked to this person and have it be really simple and sync to whatever. Um, and iTimekeep is one of those, those devices, that, like, the programs that lets you do that. Yeah, I actually had a good experience on the plane. So I was using Evernote to write the script for the shows that we're doing today. And the uh, Wi-Fi uh, fizzed out on me and I was using my laptop and I didn't actually have the Evernote app on my Mac, but I have it on my phone. And so you don't need to be online to store an Evernote, which is great if you're traveling, so you can just keep working. And it worked out just great. So I didn't, have, I didn't lose any work time and I was able to carry on despite and it's United, I'm going to call out United's <laughs> Wi-Fi went down, but that's okay because United's a pretty good airline. So we're going to go to Jeff. I want to learn a little bit about your presentation. Give me the 50,000-foot general description, and we'll get into some specifics. Uh, it was called Kit Kats, Jelly Beans, and Lollipops, and everything about your Android. Oh, my so. gosh. Who came up with that title? I, mean, I, I like Catherine it. did. Was that you? Now, you're in charge of the mobile track. Is that right? The mobile track is my track. Okay. I, I, I will take all... Praise and blame. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great name. So tell me, tell me about your presentation. Uh, the 50,000 foot scope was uh, getting started with your Android device, using your Android device, and being productive with an Android device. And, and you know, basically the thing that, that we emphasized was just because you have an Android device doesn't mean that you're missing out on anything that you're, you're doing. You can still do all of the programming and productivity and work that you need to do with with your Android device 
and, and have no worries about it. Now, you're known as the droid lawyer. That's right. So now we've had you on the air before, as also we've had Catherine on the air as well in the past. And so you've made some, uh, you, you write about this regularly using droids in your legal practice. So um, can you give me five to seven of your favorite apps for, for Android that you use in your daily practice life? Uh, well, I use either a combination of the Microsoft Word and, and Office apps, which are new released this year, and uh, or Google Docs and, and Sheets and, and Slides, which are the, the Google equivalent of the Office section. There is a new app that came out on Wednesday that is my new favorite. It's called <laughs> Google Handwrite Input. And basically it enables you to hand use your finger or your stylus to just draw the letters and input them as they would and then it'll it'll recognize it into text and uh, I found a new app last night see I'm always finding apps <laughs> uh, found a new app when we went out to dinner with a group called tab and I'll talk about it tomorrow in my presentation on 60 apps but basically you take the the bill a single bill if they don't break it down for a big group of people and it will extract the information and then each of you just pick your items from the mill and you can add a tip if you choose or let it sort it out. And it was very cool and very easy to use and separated a, a bill of about 15 people and uh, the individual and, and then told the waiter how to, to divide it up. So Great. Yeah. Great. Now, this is wonderful. You know, ABA Tech Show always got something new coming out, and, uh, you know, everybody's learning things, and I think just being here, you absorb so much, and it's a great environment. Everybody seems to be happy around here. It's not <laughs> like a lot of other conferences where people aren't so happy, but uh, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, what is the your favorite thing that you've learned this year's Tech Show? So, ABA Tech Show 2015, what is the favorite thing that you've learned so far? For me, it was actually talking to a vendor, and I apologize, I can't remember the vendor's name, but they do uh, dictation and showed me that there is a way to use dictation on your, your phone and have it create it and voice transcribe it so it's perfect for solo practitioners or big firms, it coordinates, goes through, you know, similar to Google Voice and, and transcribes the, the dictation. And it's about 98, 95% accurate. So that was huge takeaway, huge ability for Does a that lot speak of. Speak right? No, um, big hand. Yes, big hand. That is very good, and it's a great value. It's like 240 bucks a year, which is a great value, I think. How about you, how about you, Catherine? I guess, and this is kind of boring, but uh, I'm really glad to see that Office or Microsoft is going to push out the Matter Center. Uh, it seemed like that was. I don't Maybe even know what that happen. is. What is the Matter well, Center? So Office 365, which I think is a, a really good value, and you get a whole lot for your dollar because you know it's not just the Office suite. Now you get Link, you get Exchange, you get SharePoint. And as a former SharePoint server end user, um, I know that it is Ouch. extremely powerful. It is <laughs> difficult, but the browser version is pretty, pretty easy. But I kept telling people, developers need to create a skin that lets lawyers easily incorporate the SharePoint functionality into their practice because it doesn't come at, like that out of the box. So somebody needs to do some development work on the top so that lawyers can use it as on the, you know as a matter management system. So Microsoft is doing that. 
And with most of the Office 365 editions, like Delve and Yelp or uh, Yammer and um, Skype and all that, they push it out to the enterprise customer first, and then they, they have been putting it down, down lower and lower to the you know the small business level. So I'm excited to see that they're actually working. I'm excited that they're interested in lawyers. Excellent. And Craig? I guess the most exciting thing I've seen is Clio has an iPad app now. Okay. Um, instead of just using the regular iPhone app, so optimized for the iPad. Uh, to be honest, I've been so busy speaking and you know doing interviews and stuff like this, I haven't had a chance to walk around yet. So that's probably the first thing I've seen. Well, they are about 100 feet away. <laughs> so well, anyway, it looks like we're running out of time. I know Catherine has to get going here, but I uh, wanted to give you guys one last opportunity to share some contact information in case listeners want to get a hold of you, ask some questions. We'll go back to Jeff. Anybody can find me at thedroidlawyer.com or contact me at jeff at thedroidlawyer.com. You can find me at www.chicagobar.org slash LPMT or at Catherine Reach on Twitter. Yeah, I think the easiest way is Twitter for me, Craig, C-R-A-I-G, Bayer like the aspirin. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Jeff Taylor, Catherine Sanders-Reach, and Craig Bear. Up next, we find our very own John Simic from Digital Detectives manning the concierge booth where he shares with us the dangers to privacy with mobile devices. Here's a little about John. I'm the uh, Vice President of Sensei Enterprises. We do digital forensics, information security, and information technology. I'm also one of the co-hosts of, uh, as you know, the uh, Digital Detectives podcast that's on uh, Legal Talk Network. I was hoping you were going to plug that. (laughs) I do uh, expert witnessing, a lot of high-end, you know, security stuff and uh, and that, and pretty much have a propeller on my head. So (laughs) Great. So now we're at AVA Tech Show, and you're doing a couple of presentations, including one that's coming up later on today. That's correct. Which apparently what I'm hearing from the grapevine mostly you that it's kind of scary well it's it depends on your perspective I guess the, the whole intent is it's it's called pocket confidential and it's a, basically a session on securing mobile devices and this is on the mobile track on the mobile track okay and what our intent is is to try to identify for the attendees the dangers that their mobile devices are presenting to them how they need to protect their information uh, especially client confidential information and I'm sure a lot of the attendees don't even realize the significant amount of data that is being stored on those mobile devices, even though they didn't intentionally and purposefully put it there. But yet it's there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, give me a little bit of an example, because we were talking about it before we, uh, before we started this show. But mm-hmm. uh, give me, walk me through uh, an example of a typical data breach under these kind of conditions. Well, probably the biggest thing that um, uh, users aren't aware of is securing their wireless connections. And it's, it's a matter of convenience versus security. So when you're, when you're securing your, your wireless, certainly you want to make sure that that data is encrypted. Um, there's a couple of different ways, uh, encryption schemes that you can use, but they really don't I think realize how a wireless connection works. So in a, in a nutshell, whenever you have a device, whether it's a laptop, a f- mobile phone, a tablet, or whatever it is, and you choose to remember the networks, when you fire that box up and have wireless turned on, it walks down that entire list looking for the networks. So it basically screams out for mama <laughs> and says, you know, Hilton, are you there? McDonald's, are you there? Starbucks, are you there? Any city public library, are you there? And then what happens is there are devices that are out there that have the ability to basically mimic and, and effectively lie to the device and say, sure, I'm McDonald's, connect to me. <laughs> so in effect, tricking your machine to go onto a network where the machine thinks it's safe, but it's not safe. You do a man-in-the-middle attack, exactly. Okay. So, so this device hijacks 
the, the wireless connection. And then since you're a man in the middle, you now have the ability to sniff and view all of that traffic that's moving from that device to wherever it's going. Okay, so let's talk about that, the traffic, and this is why it's a problem. So what kind of information is a, a bad middleman getting <laughs> in a connection scenario like this? Anything. Anything you're pushing across the across the air. What do you mean by pushing? Log-on credentials, okay. uh, financial information, anything that's unencrypted. Okay. Well, actually, uh, whether it's email, whether it's your social media posts, anything that you're doing there, that your, your, your Dropbox connection that you're synchronizing up, although Dropbox is, is encrypted connection, so, so you would be able to view what those contents are. But anything like that that's unencrypted, you're able to, uh, to decode and actually uh, view. Okay, so now what are these guys doing with this information? These people that are the middleman capturing this information, what do they do with it? Well, what they're looking for is financial information so they can sell it, or identity information so that they can masquerade as you and then sign up for other credit cards to do whatever and steal your identity. Leaving you with the bill. Leaving with, yeah, effectively. The bill yeah, and yeah. a ruined reputation. <laughs> yeah, okay. or, or access your, your social media or do whatever. But at the end of the day, the motivation for people getting this is, is primarily financial. Okay, so they're, they're able to use this information to take money out of people's accounts. Can they do that? Sure, potentially, okay. depending on what you're, you're transmitting. Wow, that is uh, pretty terrifying. <laughs> but it's, the m mantra's changed, actually, because if somebody is targeting you and they know that you have information that they want, whether it's confidential information, if you're uh, an M&A, you're doing mergers and acquisitions or anything like that, and, and they know you or they're targeting you, then they're going to take whatever steps possible to try to compromise that data. Wow. So now for attorneys, I would imagine this is pretty dangerous because a lot of us walking around, we'll go to a coffee shop, do some work, or we're in the library doing something uh, part time, mm -hmm. you know, and so we've got data out there that probably definitely should not be seen on behalf of our clients. So explain the dangers of attorneys using their work computer at some of these public networks. Well, number one, I, I'm a fond believer you shouldn't be using it, period. Use your own hotspot, uh, then you know what you're connected to, you know that that's encrypted, and definitely, definitely make sure that you're encrypting it, that connection. Whether you use an SSL, you know, HTTPS, or whether you're using a VPN, which also encrypts it, that's how you ought to be working. So uh, there's a lot of acronyms there. Can you walk me through that? So when you say encrypted, how does somebody that knows nothing about if you're this doing, kind of... If you get on a website okay. and you're doing HTTPS, the S means secure. Okay. So that's using a secure socket layer or a TLS connection, a, a transport layer security connection. That automatically, by the technology that's used, encrypts the data stream that's okay. moving. Uh, a VPN is a virtual private network that also encrypts it. That's effectively is a tunnel through, normally through the internet. So from your machine to wherever your destination is going is an encrypted channel, and all of that data then is scrambled so that you can't. Anybody that, that sniffs the wire does whatever. They can't make any heads or tails out of what it is. So how do you do that? How do you do that? So let's well, you, say you want to get something out of your Dropbox account. You need some client files or you need... Well, Dropbox, Dropbox is encrypted. Okay, so that's handled on that side. That's HTTPS. Okay. When you connect up to it, you'll see that, that, that uh, the website and Dropbox that you do. So that's an encrypted channel. Okay. So that data is encrypted as it moves. So um, moving from... From Either Dropbox? way, both directions. Okay. Direction. Mm -hmm. so, okay, so you're going from both directions. So you're pulling something and you want to save something. That's secure right there, a company like Dropbox. Correct. Okay. Now, the, the difference there, though, and when we're talking about cloud computing now, is Dropbox holds a master decryption key. So even though it's encrypted as it moves, even though it's encrypted in storage on Dropbox servers, Dropbox has the ability to decrypt that data. You, the user, aren't controlling what that key is. 
Okay. So there's a danger there uh, as far as potentially disgruntled employees or whatever. There is that, that slight potential that Dropbox, in fact, could decrypt that data, give it over to law enforcement or whatever it is, and actually view what that is. So even the more secure systems and, and file storage is where you, the user, control what that encryption key is. You define it, and then you hold it uh, so that nobody else can then view what that data is. Okay. So it's better to be in control of that. Oh, is yeah. the message. Yeah, yes. Okay. <laughs> now, okay, we talked a little bit before this interview, and you were sharing with me a, uh, a sort of a surprise exhibit during your presentation that is probably going to scare a few people. Can you tell us what that is? Yeah, I'm going to uh, attempt anyway <laughs> to hijack the wireless in the, in, the, uh, in the conference room, okay. in the room that we're at. So what this means is that, as I explained before, where all these wireless devices are out there and they, they advertise and they look for particular networks, uh, I have a device that I'm going to connect up that actually will do a man-in-the-middle attack. It will impersonate the networks. So all these people will connect up to that. Uh, I did this a couple years ago, uh, but this year is new and improved, right? <laughs> Two years later, we have greater capabilities than with the software, and we're able to show a lot more information that's there. I'm not sure how deep I'm going to dig into all that stuff, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, I think folks are going to realize that when we say turn your wireless off when you're not using it, don't remember networks, they're going to see a real-world example of the why you should be doing that and, and what the potential risk is. Well, I think that'll really drive the point home. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's great. I think that's great. And I think that's wonderful. A good lesson, you know, a harmless lesson. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, you know what? This could have been your client's information. Right. You know, and so we obviously have a responsibility to keep that uh, confidential. And so... I think that's a wonderful lesson that you're about to teach them. <laughs> I hope so. I hope we don't get lynched. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so being this is tech show, and, and, I, and I'm trying to ask everybody this question, there's so many events. There's so many different tracks to attend. There's so many lessons to be learned besides yours, which is, that's amazing. That is going to be, uh, it's going to be really interesting. Besides yours, what is the favorite one that you're looking forward to seeing or already have seen so far? The unfortunate part is the speaker here at, at Tech Show and here today at the concierge booth, our time is really swallowed up quite a bit. Uh, this year, I haven't really been able to see in any sessions, so it's, it's hard to pick you know, what's there. I always like to look at the, the, the productivity sessions, things that can help me and help my clients, as an example, things like that, uh, and that particular productivity tracks, you know, anything that has to do with office, as an example, I always learn something from those. I don't know if I'm gonna have an opportunity to, to see any of those. Um, they've got tomorrow uh, tracks, sessions on the various mobile devices, iPhone, Black, believe it or not, Blackberry, <laughs> and, and, and Android. I think there's three Blackberry users here, but whatever. <laughs> but they have those sessions on those, those, those mobile devices. Those are always well attended. A 60 site session is always good. That's, that's the, the end of the day. Uh, tomorrow that they'll be doing that, uh, seeing various websites and things that are some funny, some very practical okay. you know, that, that you can do. So that's always a, bi a big draw as well. I'll definitely do that. The, the keynote tomorrow with Andy Perlman and uh, Casey O'Flurry, know, knowing both of them and what they're talking about as far as the, uh, the survey that uh, they, they put together. For, I think it's called uh, the for, Legal Technology Audit? Uh, something like that, okay. yeah, where they took uh, what, what Casey did previously in uh, test, essentially testing folks and, and how well the attorneys are using the technology and what they couldn't do, the simple things they couldn't do. And then Andy, through Suffolk University, actually automated that, that process. So now it's online. They can actually take it, quote, test and see, do they know how to do some of these things? Great, great. 
Well, John, it looks like we've reached the end of our time together, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to give out some contact information if you can. And uh, so that way, if our listeners have some questions about your presentation, want to learn a little bit more about mobile security, then they can reach you. Um, well, certainly they can uh, contact us through uh, the, the podcast on the Legal Talk Network. That's Digital Detectives or uh, me directly. My email is jsimek, S-I-M-E-K, at senseient.com. This has been another edition of Special Reports. We hope you enjoyed this series of interviews. Until next time, thank you for listening. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.